Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Uh, Derek Kentucky and John Calipari finally have a point guard in the 2021 class, and looks like this one will stick. It will, but before we get into that, Sean, i got to wish you a happy birthday. May oh, 12th, yeah. we talked about it yesterday, your birthday, it's here. Congratulations. So instead of Tata committing on my wedding, he was considerate enough to commit on your birthday. So well, shout out to Tata Washington for that. I interviewed him the other day, Derek, and I told him, I was like, look, I have plans Saturday. So like, is there any chance you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it, it is wild that he initially said the 12th in his first tweet like a week or so ago yeah. and then like instantly comes back out and is like, no, it's the 15th. And then he told us Saturday that it was due to him graduating high school on Friday, wanted to have a ceremony at his high school over the weekend. But, Derek, that's not how it worked out. He ended up committing to Kentucky on May 12th. Kentucky has a point guard. John Calipari has a smile on his face. And Kentucky fans are enjoying a string of good news here that we expect to continue. But let's just talk Tata Washington and the impact of this commitment. You lose Nolan Hickman less than two weeks ago. Uh, on that day, we all thought, you know, what does this do with Tata Washington? Because we knew that Nolan Hickman was actively recruiting him to come play with him at Kentucky. So I don't think we really got a clear picture on how well things stood with Kentucky and Tata Washington until leading up to the Iverson Classic. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like last week is when it really started coming out that Kentucky might have been able to close the deal on that. But this is a guy It's pretty interesting. I think his timeline with Kentucky, obviously committed to Creighton for a long time, never signed though. I think he actually committed to Creighton after the November signing period. So he was never, you know, legally binded to them. He decommits the day Kentucky lost to Mississippi State in the SEC tournament. Season came to an end. And I think immediately people started connecting Kentucky to possibly look at Ty Ty Washington. But I, I thought back then personally a lot of that, because they already had Hickman. And you had to assume they were going to go after a another point guard for the portal. We didn't really know what Davion Mintz or Devin Askew, what those guys were going to do. So I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to that. Um, but, yeah, his name kept you know kept growing and growing. And he finishes in our 24-7 sports rankings at 16th nationally, 21 in the composite. And I think there are still some sites that need to be updated so he could climb even higher in that. He's as high as 12 on ESPN, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right? so he's up there. And I believe he's already, I mean, take it for what it's worth. We saw things go <laughs> with some guys like last year. But a projected uh, lottery pick for next season and, and um, the, on ESPN. And the moving it up to May 12th, too, Derek, it might have had more to do with how am I going to announce my decision? Am I getting that ESPN spot? Am I getting yeah, the, like yeah. the ESPN social platform thing? Uh, so that has a lot to do with it. But this has been done for before prior to the Iverson Classic, this was done. I, I can say that now. Like we we knew that this mm-hmm. was a done deal. When when you get a string of crystal ball predictions the way it went out last week, that means a letter of intent, something has been signed, and it just now was coming out that he announced it publicly. But uh Kentucky gets a very good player, Derek, that I'm surprised I was able to get eyes on last week. You you don't really get to do that this year. We haven't got to see any of these guys, but I was able to see him and kind of break down his game. I'm going I'm going to be putting up some scouting report stuff in the coming days on uh, Go Big Blue Country, and I don't I will continue talking about it on here. But Kentucky is getting a very very talented guard. 
Yeah, no question about it. I kind of defer to you for a lot of the things because, uh, like you said, you have seen him play. I, I haven't. I've just seen clips uh, that were shared, but I just wanted to fill in some of the backstory on him. I'm trying to find stats for him. It's unbelievable how hard it is to find high school stats for guys, <laughs> uh, even top-rated basketball players. But looks like he actually averaged uh, 24, 7, and 7. So high school stats, you know, take those for what they're worth, but that's, you know, pretty big numbers. Um, a, a, a kind of a must-have. Well, I'd say more than kind of. This was a must-have, yeah. especially with Nolan Hickman not there. You needed another talented guy. And uh, it seems like the kind of player that a lot of the talent evaluators, you know, think he's just kind of starting to scratch the surface. That's why you've seen this late rise. Um but could be the kind of player that one and done talent that you're kind of used to seeing at league guard. But I'll be curious that the fan reaction, I've already seen um, a little bit of kind of strange reactions, not necessarily to Ty Ty. I think fans like that, but to severe Wheeler, a Savier who hasn't yet committed to Kentucky, but um, I think a lot of us expect that that will be the case. So I mean, we kind of know what it is now. I mean, there was not, not a lot of drama with this one after, after that, well, there was the one weekend, Sean, where it seemed like there were rumors he had taken a visit to Arizona. Yeah. And he he, he got a crystal ball pick there from an insider uh, on our Arizona side on 24-7. But that was, that was pretty much it. You never saw any of the national guys jump in on that. And then, uh, you know, my coworker, Chris Fisher, put in a lock pick last week for Ty Ty. And you saw Travis Branham and some other guys follow, and that's where that string of crystal ball picks came like you were talking about. And, uh, and he lit you know, up. Cal, go, go do what? Go for it. I was just going to well, say, gonna say that's when I was talking to him about Kentucky over the weekend. Yeah, well, that's, that's a good indicator. Something you can get from in-person interviews that sometimes you can't get um, uh, otherwise. Jack spoke with him first, and then I got him for a few minutes. And then I asked, I was asking him this question, and he did not get to answer it because they had to start their warm-up. Uh, I mean, Rasheed Wallace come out, and when Rasheed comes out and tells everybody to get in the middle of the floor, you know, I'm not going to be standing over there and be like, sorry, dude, you can't have this moment. You know, keep, keep interviewing <laughs> with me. But – I asked him this, Derek, and I said, I said, Tata, I said, let's let's say you commit to Kentucky. I said, CJ Frederick's on this roster, Dante Allen's on this roster, Kellen Grady's on this roster, all these shooters. How do you see yourself fitting in there? And he was just about to answer it, and I didn't get it. I was I was actually because I, I was going to save that. I was going to save that for like today and then run it. So hopefully, maybe we'll get something from him. Well, you talk about him lighting up. I'm just seeing Kyle Tucker tweet. And if you guys remember when we had Kyle on the show a few weeks ago, he was talking about – it was right around the time he had done his stories on Ty Ty. And uh, the quote was the first few times he called, speaking of Calipari, I screenshot his name because I couldn't believe it. So this was a recruitment that Cal definitely took control of, um, made him a huge priority in my understanding. And maybe I'm wrong on this, but that he, he maybe hadn't done that in a few years, right? For guys, he'd maybe taken more of a hands-off approach in, in recruiting, but I think he knew how important Tata was and how bad he wanted him in this program. And uh, probably still a feel good moment. I think for him that uh, with all these people questioning you and questioning your program after nine and 16 season, to still take the point in a recruitment when you get involved late and land the kid, it still shows some recruiting chops from Cal that he still has it, you know? It certainly does. 
And to I, I spoke with this family along with Jack at center court, the Iverson Classic, for about 30 minutes. So they're waiting on Ty Ty to come out of the locker room. We're just we're just talking about the process. We were talking about all those visits and all that stuff, you know, the Arizona stuff that come out that weekend. He was talking about who had sent letter of intents. And at that time on Saturday, they told us Kentucky had not sent a letter of intent yet. But obviously, they're, you know, I looked at that as like, hey, you want, you want to throw the bus somewhere else. You don't want everybody knowing what you're doing. Uh, they talked about LSU and how that staff had have, had the most contact as far as from beginning to end with him. But then we got into the visits, <clears throat> Derek, and he was talking about, his family's talking about how the visits that he, he wanted to go see these campuses and everything just because, I mean, these kids, they're 18 year old kids. They want to see where they're going to be living for the next one to two, possibly up to four years for some kids. Uh, but some of the visits turned him off to schools that he was considering because they're, they're going around. They're like, Oh, it'd be nice to know what this is, but the virtual tour or the tour stuff that they'd given uh, sent out for people to come toward campus had no explanation of what anything was. So they were talking about UKs and how detailed it was and everything uh, that you could actually click on things and take virtual tours from your home without even having to go. And it was literally, so that was interesting to kind of dive in how these kids have had to take visits that are committing right now. Like uh, these guys that are walking into college basketball, Eric, they've not had official visits. No, they haven't. No. I mean, that's, that was the unfortunate reality for the 2021 class. Those kids didn't get it at all. Of course, 22 will, and it starts just in a few weeks, actually. They can start taking visits. Uh, Sean, it's my understanding, maybe, I don't know this for firm, I, th- I thought I saw that Kentucky is kind of expecting, I think, on June 1st for its for guys to be in in Lexington for the summer workouts. Is that is that right? Yeah, I believe so, yes. So this is a quick turnaround for him. I mean, uh not super quick. He still has what three weeks until June first gets here, but still, um, you know, let's look at this three man class now. Sean, let's put Kentucky back to number seven nationally. I'd mentioned that on a few episodes ago. Uh, assuming they don't land any more high school guys, the only other high school guy they're even recruiting is you know if you're holding out hope for Jaden Hardy, which uh, that seems like fantasy land to me. But yeah. still, I think a solid trio. Um, Three interesting guys, and of course, like we talked about a few episodes ago, you've seen all these guys. Whenever you evaluate their fit coming into the program, we, we've mentioned that Ty Ty is, is probably the guy who's going to have the most on him, right? Don't you think? I do. Uh, the, the class overall, it, it's a different class, entirely different class than any class that he's had, in my opinion. I mean, Ty now obviously, I think of the three as the most ready to come in and have to play uh, right away, Derek. I know Damian Collins is obviously the headliner when it comes to the composite with number 10. I've, I've said in the last few days that that is more off the potential of what they think he's going to be than what he is right now. Not saying he can't come in here and just tear it up. I mean, we don't know how that's going to work when he gets on a college campus. But as far as the class overall, I think you're kind of seeing it take shape with and it, I don't know. I'm interested in seeing, will it be this way next year? Will will primarily their best guys be from the transfer portal next offseason, or will it be the high school ranks? Because right now, it's definitely the transfer portal has been the biggest impact over the high school ranks. I mean, you're talking yeah. the preseason Big 12 player of the year just signed on camp, is, is on campus. Uh, a four-year starter at Davidson and one of the best three-point shooters in college basketball, Kellen Grady, and another – starter from a, a Big Ten school at, at Iowa with uh, C.J. Frederick. I mean, obviously the transfer portal has made the biggest – if Kentucky improves significantly, it was due to the portal, not high school. 
And what would this thing have looked like, Derek, if there wasn't a transfer portal for Kentucky right now? Because, I mean, Paolo Carroll was still going to where he was going. Uh, Chet Holmgren was still going where he was going. I honestly don't know where Kentucky would be if the portal hadn't have, the one-time transfer rule hadn't have been passed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, I think you would have seen much harder recruiting to keep guys probably from this roster. I think if... And you would have kept them, right? Because nobody was going to Probably. take Devin Askew's spot or things like that. They would they would have retained some guys. By the way, speaking of that, UK has got to stop doing the videos and the pictures with all three dudes in it, right? Like you can't have – I mean, you can have a picture of Davion Mintz and Keon Brooks sitting there, you know, deuces up. But at the same time, like Isaiah Jackson too. If they get all three of those guys, I might change my name and the name of this podcast. Like that's how confident I am that they're not getting all three. Nah, no chance now. I Two don't think best, so. right? I would say one. I don't. I don't. Jackson, no shot. I don't think anymore. And then with, I don't think Davion's going to come back. Honestly, but Kentucky's dream will. scenario, fan wise, is that they get Tata. You know, Tata Washington, Severe Wheeler, Davion Mintz decides. Heck, I want to join that too. And then Keon Brooks comes back. Uh, I don't well, think, I think it's entirely dead, but. I would say three of the four. I'm not confidently going to tell you that four of the four happen. Right. There was uh, one other thing in the note, too, today, since we didn't record an episode uh, prior to Ty Ty Washington committing. Um, but earlier on Wednesday, Jason Jordan of Sports Illustrated reported that Scott Clark uh, is transferring to Montverde. Montverde, is that how you say that? Montverde? I think Montverde, if I'm not Montverde, oh, the e, is, the e is silent. Montverde Academy, uh, which has been a uh, bit of a basketball powerhouse, right? If I'm not mistaken, that is they where have. Ben Simmons Ben Simmons. Dakari yeah. played there one year, too, I believe. Yeah, Dakari. So, I mean, it's uh, they're coming off of apparently a Geico's national championship, which, take, I mean. They win that all the time, too. Is it even a big deal to win the high school? Like, who cares? <laughs> is that a bad attitude to have towards it? I just, I just don't not care about uh whoever wins a high school basketball national championship. But still still news, though. I mean, he's he's been at a lot of high schools, and he's going to be playing you, somewhere else this year. So and you, and you can't go off of how good someone's high school team is either. Remember how bad Anthony Davis's high school team was when they had him on ESPN that one time and they got – All-time highlight tape, him just – his highlight tape from high school. They, just, they got beat nice. to death on national TV one night. And I remember the buzz. I remember people talking. This is back when it was like Facebook – and everybody wanted to post their thoughts on Facebook. And I remember people like, well, this kid can't play a lick. Look at the team he plays on. He ended up being the, the best player, John Calipari era, one of the best to ever play at UK. Uh, but Scott Clark transferring and stuff, you know, we talked about that on the mailbag. And I think that Chen Coleman, Orlando Antigua, those relationships and everything, they're obviously establishing that now, uh, which is a good thing for Kentucky if, if they are wanting to hold on to him and, you know, remains to be seen exactly. We have no idea what the plan is for that class for 22. We we have no idea what direction they're going. Obviously, we know that Shaden Sharp is a guy to keep your eye on. 
and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, I know there are some picks coming in for Kentucky on that front and stuff. So uh, we're still really fresh there. I would expect by July we'll have a more a better understanding of exactly what Kentucky's doing in 22. Yeah, and probably of note too is Jalen Duran is that's where he goes to high school as well. So yeah. he's a Montverde. Um, was that a hot take last night when I told you that I just don't see much that evaluating high school basketball players seems to be – I just think it's like a futile exercise, honestly. It's I'm watching hard. these highlights of Sky Clark, and it's just like all pick and roll one-on-one. I just – to me, it's really hard to know. You, you, get can, see, you can see skill and everything like that. Don't get me wrong. EYBL is the place to evaluate, in my opinion, just because they go up against the best of the best. They're not beating up on you know other high school teams and stuff that they play in their state. I mean, let's face it, Sky Clark's the, the best player on the floor. Yeah. 95%, 99% of the time that he plays. I just guess my thing is, like, it's so – and maybe this is the case for any sport. I don't know. I, I just think in basketball it's so – I just don't think the EYBL or, or even regular high school basketball just is so different from college basketball. The speed and just everything is, I think, more pronounced there at that level. But so, I don't know. Maybe that's just uh, – maybe I'm wrong in my opinion on that, but – as we as we wrap this thing up, Derek, I want to ask you this. So I'm, I'm sitting at the Iverson Classic Saturday watching Tata play, and and Jack looks at me and says, he goes, that, that's Emmanuel Quickly. He he does remind me of Emmanuel Quickly. Not saying he's going to come to Kentucky and play a freshman year and then come back as a sophomore and just take off and be SEC Player of the Year. But the way he moves, the things that he does, his shot form, reminds me of Emmanuel Quickly. And then there's a, there's also a hint of Brandon Knight. I think in his game too, and maybe just the fact that he looks like Brandon Knight to me. Some so too, I, ha- I had a question about that because when someone tweeted, I might have been Jack tweeted that he won the shooting contest, three point shooting contest. Yeah. In my mind, I thought, oh, I think I may know quickly won at the McDonald's game. Is that where that started? Because <laughs> in my mind, that's whenever the Emmanuel quickly comp. Like it may be. I'm not saying this is where Jack got that or where you got that. I just like thought. It's interesting they both won that, and then I think the next day Jack tweeted that that's what he reminded them of once they actually started playing. So, Well, the one thing that his pace of play reminds me of Emmanuel and stuff, how he plays in pick and roll, how he plays with a pace, uh, that little floater he gets to, which we know now to this day Emmanuel quickly is one of the best at the floater in the NBA as as a rookie. Yeah. Uh, but just I think just Tata's size, his body, just the way he moves, he's – uh, he he had a lot of be- below the rim game, Derek, which is what Emmanuel quickly had uh-huh. to do. Like Emmanuel quickly is what wasn't hanging on the rim on you. I mean, he would on, in transition, but uh, he killed you with finesse and and skill set and things like that. And I I, I see that in Tata Washington, similar to Brandon Knight too, though. Brandon Knight wasn't above the rim guard. Like he made some, he had some dunks and highlights, but Brandon Knight was so good off those uh, those pin downs, so good yeah. off the, the the dribble handoff ball screens. Brandon uh, Knight was far more notorious for being dunked on uh, in the NBA than ever dunked himself. This is true. <laughs> this is true. He he probably died like multiple times and then still. He was an, an internet sensation for getting dunked on. <laughs> so was. if so, with you making that comp to quickly, basically, do you foresee him playing primarily off the ball this year, like quickly did, basically his entire sophomore year? He he's so good with the ball in his hands that you don't want to take it out of his hands all the time. 
but he's one of these guys, Derek, that I actually, when it comes down to a final roster, and I'll make my starting lineup predictions, but right now it's Xavier Wheeler and Ty, Ty, Ty Washington on the roster. I think Wheeler starts at the one, and I think Washington starts at the two. But I think he's going to be one of these guys that you see work off the ball out of that floppy action that Kentucky runs on the baseline with the with the screens and uh, kind of just some ISO and letting guys uh, take it, you know, set up and take advantage of what the defender gives them. I, I look for Washington to be that off-ball guy that gets shots. He shoots it so well, so quick out of his hands, smooth out of his hands, beautiful rotation. He fits right alongside Frederick, Dante, and Grady when it comes to – I'll call it this will be the best three-point shooting team that John Calipari's had in Lexington. When we're looking at numbers in March next year, we'll be sitting here talking about multiple dudes shooting above forty percent and a team that I think will have ten plus threes a lot of a lot of nights. And we we know very well it, it took Kentucky multiple games to hit ten a couple of times this past season. It took them multiple games to shoot ten sometimes. Yeah. This might be the one year where Cal's talking about how good the team shoots it in practice. He, he might be able to actually believe them. So. He'll come out and say this team can't shoot worth the shit. Yeah, you he will. See. You're right. He will. <laughs> That's he what will. But uh Derek, I'm gonna send us off here with an audio clip from uh, my interview with Ty Ty on Saturday. I asked him what he likes about Kentucky and what he likes about John Calipari, and he gave me about thirty seconds. Uh, but before we do that, I want to say this episode's powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub. Three locations, one in Palmville, one in Williamsburg, and then one in London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily. Now, I know you're, you're getting closer to a decision, but just, just talk to me about Kentucky. What is it you like about that program and John Calipari? Uh, well, what I like about them is that Coach Cal is a straightforward dude. I mean, he reminds me of my high school coach, Coach Gibson. He just came in. Uh, when we first got on the Zoom, he came on a little late. And he pretty much, when he got on, he just told me what it was. And he was just like, if you're willing to bet on yourself, this is the place for you. If not, then this is not the place for you. If you're willing to work and just come in and take what's yours, not, uh, not let anything be given to you, just come out there and take it, then this is the spot for you. So, I mean, Ever since then, he's just always been straightforward with me.